Hey, my name is Cindra Kampoff, and I'm a small town Minnesota gal, Minnesota nice as we like to say it, who followed her big dreams. I spent the last four years working as a mental coach for the Minnesota Vikings, working one-on-one -on -one with the players. I wrote a best-selling book about the mindset of the world's best, and I'm a keynote speaker and national leader in the field of sport and performance psychology. And I am obsessed with showing you exactly how to develop the mindset of the world's best so you can accomplish all your goals and dreams. So I'm over here following my big dreams and I'm here to inspire you and practically show you how to do the same. And you know, when I'm not working, you'll find me playing Miss Pac-Man. Yes, the 1980s game, Miss Pac-Man. So take your notepad out, buckle up, and let's go. This is the high performance mindset. That purpose is not a luxury. Purpose mm -hmm. is fundamental to health, to healing, to happiness, to longevity even. People with purpose tend to live seven to 10 years longer. The science of purpose is very clear now. And also to high performance. People mm -hmm. who have a clear why tend to do better on the how. Welcome to episode 333 with Richard Leiter. This is your host, Dr. Sandra Kampoff, and I'm grateful that you are here. If you know that mindset is essential to your success, then you are in the right place. And with all that we are facing in the world today, it is essential that we train our minds to stay gritty, present, and purposeful. And I think it's possible to thrive during this time, not just survive. But you need to make sure your basic needs are met sleep, eating well, exercise daily, and your social needs are being met. And I've given several virtual presentations recently, one tomorrow morning for Northwestern Mutual, so I'm giving them a shout out, and last week for iHeartRadio. And that's been my message, that we can thrive during this time period, not just survive. But it starts with our mindset, which is really the only thing that we can control. And our purpose is part of that. And this is a great time to reflect and consider your purpose. And I have a phenomenal guest for you today and a special one to me. In 2013, I was at the Boston Marathon bombing. And I remember sitting in my hotel room after the bomb. I wasn't sure if there was a bomb in our hotel. And I remember asking myself three really powerful questions. Why am I still here? What difference do I make? And why do I do what I do? And it was life-changing for me. When I got home, I first read this book by Richard Leiter called The Power of Purpose because I was really searching for my purpose and what it was. And I remember reading it, laying on my couch on a Saturday morning, searching for my purpose. This book and this man today fundamentally changed my life. And he is on with me today. Talk about a pinch me moment. And as I was listening, I was taking notes like a crazy person. So take your notebook out. This is the man to listen to and learn from related to purpose. Why do you get up in the morning? For more than four decades, Richard has pioneered the way that we answer that question. From fast growing startups to established organizations, universities, summits, and conferences, his message has been taken him as a keynote speaker to all 50 states, Canada, and four continents. Along the way, Richard has written 10 books, including three bestsellers, which have sold over 1 million copies and have been translated into 20 languages. Repacking Your Bags and the Power of Purpose are considered classic in the personal growth field. 
Richard is the founder of InVenture, the Purpose Company, and a senior fellow at the University of Minnesota's acclaimed Center for Spirituality and Healing. He is ranked by Forbes as one of the top five most respected coaches and by the conference board as a legend in coaching. Richard holds a master's degree in counseling and is a national certified counselor. So in this podcast, Richard and I talk about the first place to start when you're searching for your purpose, how purpose helps us live seven to 10 years longer. He describes the napkin test that we can use to find our gifts, passion, and values what he learned when he met Stephen Covey and Viktor Frankl, and how we have 1,441 purpose moments in one day and what to do about that. If you enjoy today's episode, wherever you're listening, subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review. I would love to read your comment next week. And this is the podcast comment of the week. This is from Tabor Nagy of the Mindset Horizon podcast. He says, one of my favorite personal development podcasts ever. I know if I tune into the show, I'm going to get the tips and strategies to master my mindset and become the best version of myself. Thank you, Dr. Cinder Kampoff, for creating such an amazing show. Keep it up. Tibor, thank you so much for your comment over there. I would love to read your comment next week. Wherever you're listening, head over and give us a rating and review. And without further ado, here is Richard. Richard, I am so grateful to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing over there near the St. Croix River? Well, like you, probably I'm hunkering down and uh, I'm writing a new book and therefore the hunkering is there's some real active uh, good that's coming out of it. Oh, wow. Well, I can't wait to read that. So I look forward to hearing more about um, what you're working on. And I want to give people just a little snapshot of your work and um, describe how I came to to see it and to to read more about it. And so uh, you have three bestsellers, um, sold over a million copies in 20 languages. So give us a little insight into your passion and what you do. Well, my passion since... um the mid 60s, so I've been at this a long time, is the question, why do we do what we do? Mm. And uh, so the whole uh, purpose is the answer to the question, why do you get up in the morning? Yeah. And uh, I had many fortuitous encounters that sort of awakened me to this kind of thing. And uh, like your experience at the Boston Marathon, for example, that we chatted about, Briefly, uh, right out of graduate school, I met Viktor Frankl, who wrote Man Man Search for Meeting. And I spent a week with him. Uh, I wasn't one-on-one with him. I was in a group. But I mean, I was transformed in that meeting because Man Search for Meaning, he was in a concentration camp. And he said, you know, the, the key, not the, a key to survival was having a reason to get up in the morning beyond yourself, beyond your own survival. And I was so moved by that, I decided that was my life's work at that point. And so that was a fortuitous encounter that led me to um, my passion of uh, helping others unlock the power of a purpose. What was that like to, I mean, I've read his book, I've studied uh, uh, his book and his work. What was it like to be impacted by that and to be in his presence? Well, I mean, he's, uh, uh, I don't even know what to, it's so transformative because, you know, his book's been sold in 
how many languages and has influenced so many people. But I think what really struck me was the deep credibility of having, he said, don't ask, what is your purpose? Okay. Ask this question, what is life asking of me now? Like right now in this situation. So he would get up in the morning and give somebody else a kind word, a hug, a crust of bread. Uh, and he was also rewriting his own book, which uh, he, his wife had sewn into the lining of his coat. And uh, the coat, of course, was gone. They didn't know where they were going or what was up for them. So when they got shipped in a boxcar, his whole family was killed, by the way, Cindy. His whole family, uh, he's the only one who survived. And when he uh, was liberated from Auschwitz, he weighed 87 pounds. He went back to Vienna, Austria, where he was a, psychi a psychiatrist slash neurologist. When he healed, he sat down and wrote uh, Man's Search for Meaning in nine days. And, and he said the last, he said this, and this is the key to the mindset. And I know you're all about mindset, performance mindset. And he said, the key to this is uh, the last of the human freedoms is choice. It's to choose what you want the next moment or your life to be about. And so that, that human freedom, that choice is what you and I both deal with. And that's the choice between stimulus and response we decide what that response is going to be. And uh, our mindset has everything to do with that. And that's what he would say as well. And think about the dire circumstances, though, which he, that was revealed to him. Wow, powerful. You know, so we have so many commonalities. Um, I know you went to Gustavus Adolphus. What a great college. Yep. And some work there with their tennis team and football team. Just great people. At what point did this happen in your, you know, where you already graduated? Uh, actually, I'm a distinguished alumnus from there. Oh. And, I was, and I was a hockey player. And, um, oh, wonderful. But um, uh, while I was there, I was, uh, I've written about this actually in The Power of Purpose. I wrote the story of my advisor at Gustavus. Yes, I read, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. So I was not clear about purpose at that point in the way that we're talking about it today. Mm -hmm. But I was uh, a psychology major and a theology minor, a religion minor. Okay. And somewhere between those two, there was the question of why, why are we here? What are we doing? What's the point of the exercise? So uh, experimental psychology and all of those other things were I had to do, but what really got me going was the, the, the bigger questions. So yeah. I started there, but I went to graduate school in counseling psychology and, yeah. and I actually studied Frankel, but not, I mean, he was one of many, many. And so when I got out, I was trying to figure out what to do with the rest of my life. You know, you'd think you'd figure that out between psychology undergrad and a counseling psychology graduate degree, but it's always about other people, right? right. So, uh, I saw that Frankel was speaking uh, or doing a seminar in San Diego where they were uh, thinking of creating a Victor Frankel Institute, which never happened. But anyway, that's how I got there. And uh, I went on from there to, uh, in 1969, I met Abraham Maslow wow. and the Maslow hierarchy of needs and all yeah. of that, which you probably are very familiar with and your listeners might be. But Frankel and uh, Maslow actually, before um, 
Maslow died a year later. And before he died, he admitted that the top of the pyramid was not self-actualization. It was, in fact, purpose. And oh. so his wife went on to write a book called The Farther Reaches of Human Nature, which sort of admitted that the, the uh, in, everybody quotes in terms right now with COVID-19, everyone quotes the, the uh, Maslow hierarchy, but they miss the fact that purpose is at the top, self-transcendence. Right. Yeah. I didn't know that either. So yeah. I appreciate you um, just describing that. You know how I came to read your book. It was a, a very pivotal moment in my life. I had heard about your book before I went to the Boston Marathon in 2013. Mm -hmm. I was in a, um, a workshop with a coach and she was describing your work. Her name is Diana Gabriel. And I think maybe she had attended a workshop that you were in. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and the Boston Marathon experience was, um, um, I think, really a, a defining moment in my life for me to understand my purpose. So yeah. I am a marathoner and ran the race in 2013. It was one of the best performances I've ever had. And uh, I was uh, down near the finish line. My hotel was a block away from the finish line. And um, so I was right in the middle of the, the bombing. So yeah. I had finished yeah. the race. 45 minutes earlier. And it, I remember just quietly sitting in my hotel room when we didn't know if there was another bomb in our hotel. Right. If, you know, I didn't literally, I didn't know if I was going to get home to Minnesota to see my boys and they wow. were kindergarten and for second grade at that point. Wow. And my race didn't matter, Richard. Um, it didn't matter that I had yeah. just ran a personal best. I remember these questions just running through my mind and it's like, you know, why am I still here? Mm -hmm. What am I meant to do? Am I living really on purpose? And yeah. do I need to make changes with what I'm doing right now? And it was a moment in my life that um, it was deeply connected to my purpose and it changed the trajectory of my career. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be do I wouldn't have a conversation with you right now. I wouldn't be a keynote speaker. I've worked with the Vikings for four years and it was something that I always wanted to do, but that was really scary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> out to that, um, that moment. And when I got back, I was reading everything I possibly could about purpose. And yep. your book was the first book I read. I remember like laying on my couch on a Saturday <laughs> morning, yeah. reading yeah. your book. Right. Um, yeah. and I'm grateful I found it because it gave me a lot of clarity on where my life was yeah. supposed to go. So I'm incredibly grateful for your contribution to the world because it really helped me in that moment. Just, um, get clarity on what I was doing and where I was supposed to go next. So, well, the crucibles of life of which that was one are often the times that uh, we wake up where we're awakened to our larger questions. And so um, uh, that's uh, it's a great story, not a great story, but it's a great example of, 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 of purpose. I did a PBS special a, a few years ago and the PBS special was based on the book, The Power of Purpose. And it was yeah. shown in, in hundreds of cities across the country. And part of doing a PBS special, which is a fundraiser, is you get to go out to these cities, six, six of the cities, not all of them. And you get to do, or you know, if people pledge at a certain level, they get a workshop with you, in addition to a DVD and a book and things like that. Whole families, Cindy, would show up at the uh, workshop. The grandparents, the parents, the kids, et cetera, or even the grandkids at some point, 
they were all at a crucible or a purpose moment in one way or another. Cause I said, what are you all doing here? And uh, they said, uh, well, I'm retiring and I got fired or laid off and I'm trying to figure out what to do with the rest of my life. And so uh, it was, uh, I think what, what you point out here and what I would suggest to you is this, that purpose is not a luxury. Purpose mm -hmm. is fundamental to health, to healing, to happiness, to longevity even. People with purpose tend to live seven to 10 years longer. The science of purpose is very clear now. And also to high performance. People mm -hmm. who have a clear why tend to do better on the how. Yes, I see that. Um, I see that from my observations of the best performers, you know, in particularly in sport. But I appreciate what you said is like, it's, it's not a luxury, it's fundamental. Yeah. So let's dive in. So this is, I, this is the book that I read um, yeah. and you have several others and you can see my there's a, there's a whole new third edition of that book out now, by the way. I know, I saw that. And the new edition, the last chapter is, can science explain purpose? Ah. And, and the statement I just made about it being fundamental, I can now back that up. I could before, but hugely because the neuroscience labs, purpose and the brain, yes. purpose and health and healing, et cetera, it's, it's self-evident now. It's no longer like just anecdotal that it'd be a good idea to have a purpose. It is now like, you want to live longer? You want to be healthier? You want to be all these things? Uh, you want to sleep better? Have, yeah. a reason, have a reason to go to bed and a reason to wake up. So I, I hear a lot of people who are searching for their purpose um, and maybe aren't really clear so what advice would you give to people who are maybe feeling that way and want to just get started understanding what their yeah. purpose might be? Great question. And here's the uh, practice. Uh, mm -hmm. You take out a post-it and, okay. and you put two words on the post-it, grow and give. Okay. And you put that post-it on your mirror. That, Cindy, is the universal default purpose. If you have a, if you're growing and giving every day for a week, you'll know at the end of the week what your purpose is because grow and give is a purpose. And so if I get up in the morning and say to myself, what is my intention for today? My aim, how am I going to grow and how am I going to give today? And then at the end of the day, before you go to bed at night, you look at that post-it again and say, it's like any good trainer. How did you do? Did you show up at the gym today? Did you do your exercises? Well, the purpose exercise or the purpose practice at the end of the day is how did I grow and how did I give today? And you'll, you'll note that purpose is a feeling. It's yeah. not just a, uh, an abstract concept that I felt better when I grew and gave, uh, when I practiced growing and giving uh, today. And so um, I know that you're all about grit and yeah. grit and grit is really, uh, to me, it mm -hmm. starts with why am I doing what I'm doing? Do mm -hmm. I have a reason for grit? Yes. Um, that's what I think too, that this purpose is part of grit. And if you're not sure why you're doing it, you can't really stick with it, <laughs> which is what yeah. grit really is. And there's um, one, other, one other purpose practice. So if that great. doesn't work, here's a second simple one. Okay. And that is that um, I call it the two minute practice. Okay. Before you get out of bed in the morning, okay. uh, don't reach for your phone. Yeah. In other words, so step one is pause. 
Step two is take three deep breaths. Breathing is important as we know to performance. Yes. Take three deep breaths, which will center you and ask yourself, how am I going to make a difference in one person's life today? Okay. And who is, who is that person? So before mm -hmm. you get up and say, I'm going to make a difference in blanks life today, how? And then you get up and you, and you deliver on that intention. So eventually though, that becomes a way of living. It's not mm -hmm. something that, oh, I have to do this. I have to go to the gym. I have to work out. I have to, it's like, this is, this is what I'm here to do. I'm here to make a difference. How do I contribute? It starts with your intention every morning. Mm -hmm. So the two minute practice and the post-it practice are two simple ways that, um, that can get there. We can go into more detail about, you know, the whole business of the power of purpose. How do you name it and how do you do that? But, but you start with practices. Yes. Okay. I think those are really tangible and I really appreciate that because people have some clear direction on like how to get started. Yep. So when you think about what you just said about like maybe writing it down or uh, inking it or writing a purpose yep. statement. So if you do those practices, tell us maybe what the next step is. Well, the, the way uh, there's a formula that I have written about and speak about and it's, it, I call it the napkin test because yeah. oftentimes people, and I call it the got a minute school of coaching because people right. say, got a minute, can you tell me what I should do with the rest of my life? Because they're busy, they're busy or they're sure. hijacked by technology or something like that. Mm -hmm. So write this down on a napkin, G plus P plus V equals P equals purpose. Okay. So gifts is are the G plus passions are the P plus values are the V. Mm. If you get if you get up in the morning and you're clear about those questions you asked yourself in Boston, what am I here to do? What are my gifts? What are what do I have, what do I have to contribute? And so uh, what people really need to understand is what are the gifts they love, the gifts that they really enjoy, and uh, P is passions. What do they want to use those gifts in the service of? What are they curious about? What do they care about? What do they want to connect their gifts to? And the V is values. You could call that the team if you wanted to or the environment. But if you use your gifts on something you feel passionate about, where do you do that? That's the culture, the team, the organization, the values. Many times people feel like they've got their gifts and passions clear, but where they're doing it, not a good place, not a good team, not a good organization, not a good school. Right. Uh, and does it really align with you? Do you have a voice? Uh, and uh, I used to teach all the time with the late Stephen Covey, who wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which most of, of us have heard of or read at one point. But I used yeah. to teach, teach with them all the time. But what most people don't know is that he wrote a book called The Eighth Habit. Yeah. And The Eighth Habit, he said before he died, was his most important book because it informed and framed the other seven habits. Okay. And so what The Eighth Habit is, is basically, uh, he, said, he said this, is to find your voice and help others do the same. He said that's the key to life. And that's really what purpose is about. That formula is about finding your voice. Mm -hmm. And if you're a leader or a coach or a trainer or a speaker, helping others do the same, helping others find 
their voice, not your voice. You want them to be authentically them. And yeah. so how do you do that? Well, you help them. And I cannot tell you how many people line up after I give a speech when I used to give speeches. I still do, but I, you know, I'm hunkering down at the moment. So I'm not right. giving, I'm doing podcasts. Uh, but the point is that people will line up and say, do you do this for kids? Because I got a great kid, but clueless about what to do with, with his or her gifts, passions, and values. They haven't had any guidance on that. So right. we need guidance at all stages of our life, not just early. We need it in, from cradle to grave. Yeah, cradle to grave. So G plus, plus P plus V equals purpose. Again, yeah. really tangible. Thanks for right. breaking it down. Yeah, the starting point then is if you just look at what you love to do yeah. and you say, well, how do I do that every day? And how do I make a contribution to others? Because purpose is always, and I underline always, outside of yourself. That's the distinction with goals. There's many ways. It's your aim. It's your direction. It's the contribution you want to make. There are goals along the way to help you get there. But goals for the sake of what? That's what right. I always ask. Yeah. For the, sake, for the sake of what are you doing this? And then it'll, then they'll start to, uh, um, so that's another formula, F-T-S-O-W, F-T-S-O-W, for the sake of what? For the sake of mm -hmm. what are you doing this? And if it's, yeah. your own, if it's your own ego all the time, you're not on purpose. Mm -hmm. um, so when you think about you know, how purpose, you, you need it to birth to grave. I think that's what you yeah, said, yeah. right? Yeah, Cr cradle in, to grave, yep. Cradle to grave. In, yeah. um, in the power of purpose, you talk about like the purpose spiral. And I think right. that's something to connect about. And then maybe we can come back to G plus, plus P plus V. Um, but I'd like to hear how you think that, um, how our purpose evolves or, you know, it just is what you said. It's so important that we're, connecting with this purpose. So tell us a bit about that spiral. Well, per, this, the life spiral or the purpose spiral is from birth to death. You find yourself along the way with these kinds of things happening. Periodically, you're on a plateau and the mm -hmm. plateau can be a good period. Things could be stable and good, or it could be boredom on the plateau, but along will come a trigger. Those are the crucibles we talked about earlier. A trigger is something that knocks you, pushes you or pulls you off your plateau. And a trigger can be anything. It can be a divorce. It can be a positive trigger, like a graduation. It can be sure. a, or other. So, but a trigger signals a change, okay. and often a big, a, game, a big game changer. And what happens? What's core to that spiral is that it knocks us into a state of limbo. And okay. limbo is that period that you were in your hotel room, trying to figure out what's next, what wants to happen from here. And so limbo is a period between an ending and a new beginning, but there's the chaos. And we are in limbo right now as a society with COVID-19, for example. Many, you know, what does that feel like? People feeling overwhelmed, people feeling scared, clueless about the future, um, all those things. That's what, it's like being between two trapezes and we haven't let go of one and we haven't grabbed the other, we're in kind of free fall. And so the, the, the chaos is that feeling of limbo. To get out of limbo, we need to have certain practices. We need to figure out who we are and how we're going to do this. And so I call that next phase unpacking. I wrote a bestseller, yes. uh, Repacking Your Bags uh, is a book that sold over a million copies itself. 
And repacking your bags is all about what do I need to do to repack for the next stage of my career, my relationship, my health, whatever it is. First, I need to unpack. I need to look at where I am now and what is, what's going on. And then repack means moving, moving forward. So one of the things that I would suggest that your listeners might find to be uh, very helpful is don't go it alone. Isolation mm -hmm. is fatal. And we know that now because people are feeling isolated and loneliness and aloneness is, is fatal. It's a, it's a death knell for, for people in terms of their spirit and maybe their lives in certain ways. So how to get out of that is you pick, you create a sounding board. A sounding board is like your kitchen cabinet. And for many years of coaching and counseling others, I wouldn't coach them unless they had a sounding board, somebody that they would talk with beyond me, their professional uh, listeners. So who's on your sounding board? Uh, no matter how successful you are, don't go it alone. No matter how isolated you are, don't go it alone. And uh, so on your sounding board, there are at least four different people. One is, a, one is a wise elder, somebody who is a little older than you, who can help you step back and look at the big picture. This too shall pass, you know, kind of a person. Secondly is a wise younger. And a wise younger is somebody who's younger than you that asks you why questions or why, you know, youth when they're born, why, why, why? And right. uh, Eventually, hopefully, we don't lose the why part of our curiosity. But the third person is your committed listener. Who is your committed listener? Who is your go-to person when you, that isn't going to fix you? They practice care versus cure. Mm -hmm. Care means they care enough to listen. Tell me more about that experience in Boston. Give me some, some more insight. And they ask good questions because they're interested, not just interested in pushing their story on you or their solutions on you. Mm -hmm. And the fourth, the fourth is uh, uh, kind of an open agenda, but it's somebody who holds your feet to the fire. You could call it your performance coach, if you will, or your personal trainer, but it doesn't, if it's not that, it's somebody who says, well, you said you were committed to uh, writing your book. What did you do this week about? What did you do today about it? And they ask you because they care enough and you've made a, and so at least those are four people that will help you move through limbo and help you unpack and repack for the future. Mm -hmm. I think right now you're right that there are so many people who are feeling in limbo and I appreciate what you're saying about like these four types of people on your sounding board. Make sure you're reaching out to them. And as you yeah. listen, you could even write down what you think those four people are to you. Yeah. And with purpose, the question to ask yourself, um, uh, like Frankel would say is, what is life asking of me now? Not what am I asking of them? So the question is, who would put you on their sounding board? Hmm. And oftentimes, even spouses don't put each other on the sounding board because they're all about the solution, not about the listening. So a sounding board is what it sounds like. It's, it's, a, it's a listening board, if you will. And there may be solutions that come out of that, but the key is, Every human being wants their life to matter. There's two things. We, we want to belong and we want to matter. And uh, uh, I have a, a colleague who has on his answering machine when you call him and he's not there. And he says, his message is, at the sound of the tone, please leave your answer to life's two eternal questions. Who are you and what do you want? 
<laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I think I'm going to change my answer machine to that too. But you should. The, but the question is, what do we want? Yes. Universally, what we want are two things, mm -hmm. without exception. We want to belong and we want to matter. We want to matter to those that we belong with. So if you look at to belong and to matter, the question is, when you wake up in the morning, how are you going to belong and how are you going to matter? Oh, so powerful. Um, when you think about people putting this into practice, like, do you think it's helpful for people to write a purpose statement? I do. I think yeah. it's like a mantra or anything else, yeah. something that's, that you can remember that, that eventually becomes in your members. You know, you, it's just who you are. To unlock the power of purpose in myself and others is my purpose statement. Well, people say, well, that's great. That's your brand. Well, it didn't originally become, it, it evolved over time to become basically what I really care about and what I'm really curious about. And it has me, I don't have it. And, but it came from writing it down and looking at it and saying, ah, it's not really it. And uh, it's not something fancy that goes on the wall. Purpose is a verb. Let me say it again, purpose is a verb. It's something we do. We, and so the, the statement activates what we do. Did I help you? and your listeners unlock the power of purpose today. Yes. And uh, if I did, then I had, <clears throat> it'll be a purposeful day. Hmm. So the equation G plus P plus V equals purpose. Yeah. Um, I think from my perspective and like how I've applied your work to my life and uh, like, I think it's important for me to connect with those regularly. Like, yep. what are my gifts? What are my passions? What are my values? Um, how do you suggest people connecting with those? And do you agree with that? Like, how often should you connect with that? Yeah. There's a lot of ways to do it, but I created a tool, shameless yes. uh, commercialization here, but I created a tool called Calling Cards. Yes, I and saw calling, that. And Calling Cards you can get on Amazon for a very low price, like $8 in some sense. But it will unlock that purpose for you. And it's, it's, a, it's a card deck that I developed 25 years ago to answer that formula, to help people do that. Now you can do it, there's other tools out there, Strengths Finder and multiples sure. of tools, but this is an intuitive one because of this. So let me share with you, what is a gift? A, yes. gif, a gift has four characteristics, has more, but these are the top four the way that I look at it. A okay. gift is something that you really enjoy doing. You love to do it. You'd get up and you'd want to do it rather than be just paid to do it or forced to do it. So you observe yourself. If I was coaching you and you did the calling cards or we were using this formula, I'd say, tell me about a gift. And then I would find out and I would watch your body to see if you were really on it or you were phoning it in. Well, I think one of my gifts is, I said, well, do you really enjoy doing that? Well, not. And so I'd look for the enjoyment factor. Secondly, others observe it more readily often than you do. They observe you enjoying it and doing it pretty well as, as well. Why do they observe it more than you? Because oftentimes they don't have the same gift and they give value to something they don't have and they see yeah. you having it. 
and they say, oh, you're so good at blank. Third, big, this is a big number three, should be probably number one, but number three is can't recall learning it. Uh-huh. It's, it's not your degree. It's not your certification. It's not your, it's just something, when I developed calling cards, I went back and I interviewed people who are uh, parents, teachers, siblings, etc. And I'd say, well, Cindy, like, what was she like? And was she like this? Oh, yes. And so uh, do, you, do you have brothers and sisters? I have two sisters. Are, they, are their gifts the same as yours? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I mean, some, I, there's some overlap. Yeah, but of, of course. But you, right. were raised, you were raised in the same culture, the same family. Right. How, did you, how did you get different? Well, we're born different. And we have different gifts and we develop or observe those. And sometimes we don't get onto those till later in life. Yeah. And all of a sudden we say, well, I, no wonder I don't like this. This isn't what I really love to do. And what I really love to do is blank. And so, you know, we experiment and we learn along the way, hopefully. So the third thing is I can't recall learning it. I just, my hands turned to it naturally since I was young. And the fourth thing is you love learning and practicing it. You love uh, mm. doing it more. And so, you know, if you take those four together, uh, that's, and you look at your top five gifts, particularly your number one gift, my number one gift, full disclosure here is awakening spirit. Yeah. Now, how I do that, people say, well, why don't you do this with young people? I said, my passion is midlife and beyond. I've been a student of midlife and, and aging for 40 years. And I'm aging, as are you, but I'm o- much older. And so uh, I'm, my passion is using my gift of awakening spirit through writing, teaching, coaching, you know, doing things, my gifts to awaken spirit. So unlocking the power of purpose is really about awakening spirit. So, you, you know, you can dive down as deep as you want or not into this, but calling cards is a tool to help you do that. But you can do it intuitively. You could ask someone over a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, what are your gifts, passions, and values? And they'll be able to tell you. And even if they're stuck, you can ask a little bit more and it'll come out and, and it'll start to be a clear lens on purpose. Yeah. Uh, what powerful four questions that you just provided us. Yeah. I'm thinking about some of my clients and I feel like I am, uh, what do I want to say, grateful that I can live my passion in what I do. And I think early on, I think my dad gave me some, like he, you know, kept on asking me things like these kind of things, like, what do you really enjoy? So I study sports psychology and I absolutely know it's my passion. It is my calling. And it's what, when you said all these things, like, yeah, (laughs) I could spend uh, like all day just doing this, right. And studying and learning about performance and peak performance. Well, I, I, you know, I work with CEOs and teams yeah, and so it's, it's sports performance. It's a different kind of, of sport, but yeah. I think you and I are on the same page in terms of our passion for uh, peak performance and peak performance yeah. comes from purpose for me. It's Absolutely. not just about winning. It's not just about succeeding. It's about for the sake of why am I doing this? And yes. it's my own development as a human being, but it's also so for other reasons. Give us a little sense of like people who might feel stuck, you know, like 
maybe they're in a job that they don't really enjoy. Um, and I think that's the value, that's the environment PC we're talking about. What advice would you give to them? Yeah. Uh, well, start where you are for, for one thing. Uh, I used to uh, have a, a side hustle yeah. when, I, when I was in HR. And okay. I, it was called Lunch Hour Limited. And Lunch Hour Limited, you buy me lunch and I'll coach you over lunch, even though my job was as the head of HR for a big organization. And I found that with Lunch Hour Limited, number one, I had an 80% success ratio. 80% 80 of the people I coached quit. However, before you go off on that one, they didn't, (laughs) a very small percentage quit and left. They okay. quit, quit, meaning they went back and reinvented their job around their gifts it's to bring more of their gifts to work every day. And mm-hmm. I say first step is to try, if you're aware of what they are, try right where you are. You see, you see people today bringing their gifts to work at Walgreens when they're in the middle of COVID-19. And some are bringing a sense of purpose and gifts to work and others are, you know, having to do it, so, so to speak. And uh, so they would go back or they would find another place within the organization that was a better fit for their gifts, passions, and, and values. Or to answer your question, if it's really, if they're really stuck, then maybe they'll find something in the evening to do. For example, mm-hmm. I wrote a book. The last book I wrote was called Work Reimagined. And the opening chapter is, it's the end of work as we know it, which is, fairly prescient in terms of what's going on right now, because it is the end of work as we know it post COVID-19. Things are going to really change for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, in that book, the beginning of every chapter is an interview with a taxi cab driver. Because behind every person, no matter what their role is or their title or their job, are gifts, passions, and values. So I would interview cab drivers as just as an example. And I would find cab drivers who say, well, I'm just driving a cab to pay the bills. But at night when I'm coaching soccer and helping young people, that's where my purpose really comes to life. So maybe it, it's not in your job per se. Yeah. But I would say take a close look because there's a distinction between a job, a career, and a calling. A job is something that pays the bills. A career is something that maybe advances your Pay, pay the bills plus your own development. But a calling is gifts, passions, and values. And what Frankel taught me way back to the beginning of our discussion, Cindy, is that uh, a calling is, is ba- that everyone wants success with fulfillment, not just success. Because right. you, could, you could be successful and find that your ladder is against the, your success ladder is against the wrong wall. You know, you get there and it's like, why doesn't it feel better? Why, you know, where are the bands? Where is the, where are the, but success with fulfillment comes from using your gifts on things you feel passionate about in healthy environments in healthy teams, so to speak. So you see in the sports world, you see people all the time who move their gifts and passions to another team with another coach and shine. Yeah. What, hap- what happened? Well, the culture maybe wasn't the right culture. The, the V, the values wasn't the right place for them at the time. And so it wasn't maybe bad, but it wasn't a good fit. So we constantly are, need to be students of our own gifts, passions, and, and um, 
and values. And so if you're feeling stuck, start where you are. Yeah. Uh, that provides a lot of hope for people. Um, and I appreciate what you said is like, it's constant, right? To connect with those. I got a few more questions, but one question before I kind of go back to what I've prepared is I think about the equation, gifts, passions, and values, and how, you know, you gave us an example of your purpose statement. What advice would you give for people who um, have done some work about gifts, passion, and values, and how does that then connect to their purpose statement and actually, you know, coming to have like a guiding statement? Well, take uh, take the gifts and passions and turn it into... 140 words or less characters okay. or, or less characters rather not words or less and that is just draft a statement or use the default people say oh i i came here thinking i would get my purpose and i said well i gave you a purpose and i gave you a practice start today using grow and give and uh ask yourself that every day for a week and out of that will come well that's not exactly what you know, lights me up, that gives me aliveness. Well, what does? And write it down as just a phrase, something, a draft, but put it on a post-it, put it on a practice, something you can do. I said purpose is a verb. And, uh, you know, purpose is not a leg, it's ultimately a legacy. But there are 1,440 purpose moments every day. 1,440. Purpose moments every day. Okay. Times for you to step up and say, is it about me or is it about you? Uh, and in every situation where there's real purpose, it's really about you. It's giving you a kind word. It's listening to you. It's offering something of value, a contribution. So purpose is always your contribution that you make to others. And you don't have to be Mother Teresa or a saint. You just have to be awake to the purpose moments in life. And so if you're awake to that on a day-to-day basis, well, it just said, what what did I just do there? Well, I listened. Well, maybe uh, listening to others is your purpose. I mean, just start with the simplest uh, possible uh, way of, of, um, you know, uh, of doing things. As I said, it's, it's fundamental and uh, it's, and here's the uh, quote I love that I, I want your listeners to hear. It's very short, but it's from the American essayist and writer E.B. White, who said this, I arise in the morning torn between a desire to save the world and a desire to savor the world. This makes it hard to plan the day. <laughs> That's great. I love well, that. Well, saving and savoring, we want both. Yeah. Savoring life means enjoying and and it for what it is saving means what's my contribution to it so if i belong whatever family what's my contribution what's community faith organization whatever team whatever it is the people that we uh, really really like are the people that aren't narcissists aren't self-absorbed aren't whether they're athletes or or others and i won't go any further than that and i would just say in summary that um uh, you, you're a speaker and I'm a speaker and I gave a speaker, I gave a speech at 3M company recently. Okay. And uh, I talked about the three M's. They thought I made it up just for them, but it's in the book you held up. Yes. And they, the three M's are what we really need in life are money, medicine, and meaning. Mm. Money means, you know, how much is enough. Medicine is not 
I'm not talking about vaccines or I'm talking about health here. So, but you know, people who have got enough money and enough health or medicine, but no meaning, they're yes. lost. They're lost. No matter how successful they are, no matter how much money or how much health they have without meaning life, we're human beings are tribal animals. We need meaning. We need to matter. And so uh, we need all three money, uh, three M's, money, medicine, and meaning to live a successful life. Richard, uh, our time has gone by so fast. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, let's do it again. We'll, we'll do phase two. That would be amazing. You, you, um, get some, you get some feedback and questions from people on purpose and just uh, have, have them say, well, what is their purpose or what are their practices or what are their questions? And then you and I'll take them on in a second podcast. Oh, that sounds phenomenal. I'm just sitting here absorbing everything. I'm learning from you and I'm so grateful for this opportunity to talk to you. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I need to keep learning from Richard. Do you have any, you say the three, we have lots of different books, but the three best-selling books that you already mentioned, I have The Power of Purpose right here, the other ones that you have. Yeah, Repacking Your Bags and Life Reimagined are the others that are the three bestsellers. And Repacking is a runaway bestseller that is in its third edition now, as is The Power of Purpose. And the new book that's coming out, May 15th of 2021. Got it. Uh, is Who Do You Want to Be When You Grow Old? The Art of Aging on Purpose. Amazing. And so it's all about the baby boomers, not really, but it's about the post 50. How do you keep growing and giving in the second half of life? And so that book will be out and it'll be in the wake of these, these, uh, these others. My website, richardleiter.com, has everything's free. And there's, there's tons of videos, there's tons of including the PBS special, there's uh, uh, blogs that are and there's several brand new blogs I wrote just now in the last couple of weeks that are up mm-hmm. about how to survive and thrive during COVID-19. Wonderful. And so uh, one is called uh, How to Hunker Down on Purpose. And like we're doing. <laughs> yeah, like uh, we're doing. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, those are all places that, uh, that um, you can find out what, if you're interested in what I'm doing and what I've written about lately. Do you uh, do any like online workshops, um, virtual workshops or live workshops that people can attend? I do them all the time, but I don't dis- uh, distribute them myself. Okay. In other words, I do them for organizations. Like Got I'm it. doing one uh, next I'm a senior fellow in the academic health center at the university of Minnesota. I had something called, it's like the medical school, but uh, it's called the purpose project. And I'm doing a webinar, a free webinar. If you go to uh, center for spirituality and healing, it's www.csh.umn.edu. Yeah. You'll get a free webinar about what we just talked about with slides and Q&A and, and that kind of thing. And there'll be a lot of people on that. And Wonderful. So I do those kinds of things, but they're always distributed by an organization that I partner with. Absolutely. Love it. If you want to do a, a webinar for the Vikings, I would do it with you. Not, I wouldn't offer it myself as an example. Yeah. 
Uh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so here's just a quick snapshot of some of the things that we've talked about. I always like to summarize it. So if people haven't taken notes during it, they can now. So I'm grateful that you shared your experience with Viktor Frankl and learning from him. Um, and I appreciated the, the question that he said that you repeated is, what is life asking me right now in this moment? Yeah. Um, and just like your, your presence today um, and how you awakened my spirit, I can, I can feel that. So I'm grateful just for, for you to be here. You gave us two great examples to help us start thinking about our purpose, post-it note practice, and then the two-minute practice, and then G plus P plus V equals purpose. And you gave us four questions for us to consider our gifts and just a little bit more direction on how to write a statement. Right. Richard, I'm so grateful. Okay. Um, I wanna, I'm grateful for the questions that you pitched, which are deep questions, and we could go for a long, long time. Yes. But you're all about a high-performance mindset. Yes. And I'm all about a high-purpose mindset. Nice. Because purpose is a mindset. Yes. It's a mindset about what you want your life to be about. And then you have to have practices and goals to back that up. And I think you're all about that. And that's what grit's all about. So I applaud what you're doing and uh, your own uh, purpose journey in, in, in many ways. And so I've, uh, I would just end by saying I've interviewed people over the age of 65 for years, asking them if they could live their life over again. And three things have come up over and over and over. Okay. They said, if I could live my life over again, I would be more reflective, which is what we just did in the last hour. Yeah. I would take more risks, particularly in the area of career and our work and relationship. And I would uh, find out my purpose earlier in life because purpose is where aliveness is, is what life's all about. It's the ultimate question. Why am I here? What's the point of the exercise? The earlier I get onto that, the more my life matters. And so uh, they, and I, at the end of those interviews, I would say anything else. And they would say, don't let people off the hook with the tough questions. Make sure that, that they don't say, oh, well, purpose that's, I'll get around to that someday. That someday may not come. And then they will live, they will live somebody else's life, not their own. So you want to live an authentic life, figure out your purpose earlier and keep working it drafting it. It's not perfect. Life isn't that, that way, but it, it is a verb and it does demand practices. So thank you for inviting me in here and I look forward to whatever wants to happen next. Thank you, Richard. I'm so grateful for you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Way to go for finishing another episode of the High Performance Mindset. I'm giving you a virtual fist pump. Holy cow. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, remember to subscribe and you can head over to Dr. Sindra for show notes and to join my exclusive community for high performers where you get access to videos about mindset each week. So again, you can head over to Dr. Sindra, that's D-R-I-C-I-N-D-R-A.com. See you next week.